This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Happy Thursday. It's The Hash for your eyes, your ears, and your hearts. I heard the young kids are making hearts different ways now, and I don't. I'm old. So hearts. There we go. Will, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm pretty good. I'm Jensen Assey. We got Will Foxley and Zach Seward here today. Zach, you got our first story. What do you got? Got a major shakeup. The lawyers of crypto Twitter, a big old group of them are changing firms. Now, this is fun because everyone loves a good lawyerly crypto Twitter thread. And these are some of the most prominent lawyers of crypto Twitter. They're going from Anderson Kill to Brown Rudnick, which is perhaps most famously known as the firm that represented Johnny Depp against ex-wife Amber Heard most recently. You're looking at Preston Byrne right there. He's one of the lawyers who jumped ship. Interesting to see this shift. It kind of reminds me of like when a bunch of NBA superstars all link up and go to a new team. That's what happened here. It's crazy. So anyway, let's talk about some lawyers for a sec. I'm going to throw it straight to Will for his initial thoughts. Wait, Jen's probably going to know this, but what's that like New York high-powered lawyer show or whatever. This reminds me of that one. I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's like really stuck oh, the there. One, I feel like the you know one it. with Meghan Markle? That one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the I, one. I think That's the one. Oh, what's it called? Suits! I cannot remember it's what suits. it's called. Suits. Yeah, suits. Called suits. suits. Good show. Suits. Good show. Good show. There we go. This is what this reminds me of. Sorry that took so long. I cannot remember what it was called. Thankfully, Jen, for all our pop culture hits. So this reminds me of like the crypto version of suits, right? Like we have like the high powered lawyer team in crypto. Everyone knows them. Everyone knows them on Twitter. They're always in articles giving their opinion on anything that's happening in crypto from Justin Soon running off to Granada to get diplomatic immunity to your next crypto hacking to something going insolvent. These guys are always the forefront giving their opinion and their legal expertise on the subject for good reason, right? They're very good at this. It's also kind of cool to see that like their bet of working in this industry a few years ago has paid off. And now they've jumped ship to another firm that is also trying to make that transition into digital assets and blockchain itself. And it's hard to find these lawyers, right? Very, very difficult to find these people. We often find them as general practitioners at maybe a fund or maybe at some sort of VC firm. And we don't often see them sort of like in this grouping, just like on the show Suits. So I'm going to stick with that. I'll throw it over to you, Jen. I think this is awesome. I love all of these lawyers. Big supporter of Haley. I think that they're all great. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Brown Redneck now has a 40-member team that's focused on crypto, which just tells me they are getting ready for the onslaught of cases that we are going to see over the next few years. I think that they are really going to define the industry, but it also points to the fact that There are not a lot of lawyers out there that really understand the industry in the way that they need to, to help us advance from these onslaught of cases that we're about to see, right? There is no specialized training in crypto or blockchain law. These lawyers are really just lawyers. They all went to the same type of school and then they need to take a special interest in crypto or blockchain and and further their education in that way. And so I think there's a real opportunity here for people who are lawyers who want to get into the space to make a name for themselves and to make a lot of money over the next few years. Zach, what do you think? Also completely immune to bull bear cycles. Lawyers going to get paid either way. So while (laughs) other people in the space are down, 
in the bear market. Employers. Lawyers are busy. Am I right? It says in the article that finance is a client. There's all sorts of stuff. So within the crypto world, perhaps the most insulated from the wild swings of the coin markets. <laughs> Will, giving it to you for last thoughts. No, I love that take. I feel like you kind of took all the air out of the room with it. It's really good. Uh, all their clients, Binance, Cardano, <laughs> stuff like that, right? They have a lot of money in these firms. They kind of need lawyers often not, right? Because there's a lot of people who are disgruntled or unhappy. People like to sue. So it happens. Makes sense. Uh, cool to see them move on as well. We're going to stick with the suits comparison. I'm sorry. You guys are just going to deal with that the rest of the show. I'll probably bring it up like two or three more times. Coindesk has a new event. It's called Ideas, the Investing in Digital Assets and Enterprises Summit. It facilitates capital flow and market growth by connecting the digital economy with traditional finance. Join us for a 360 investment experience where you can source, invest, and secure the next big deal in digital assets, all in one place. Use code HASH20 for 20% off a general pass. Register today at coinest.com forward slash ideas. We can move over to NFT marketplaces, which maybe these guys need some help out on the lawyer front too. It seems like there's some pretty unhappy people. Jen? Everything in that last segment brought to you by Suits. All right. NFT Marketplace X2Y2 is letting buyers avoid royalty payments, sparking debate over the importance of royalties and NFTs. So buyers on the marketplace can now choose the amount of royalties that they want to contribute. In a tweet, X2Y2 said, dominant aggregators intend to provide similar functionality in the imminent future. As such, X2Y2 would like to make sure we are ready and staying on top of market movements. Zach. What do you think about this? Royalties feel like an embedded part of NFT culture. And now we see that some marketplaces are going to say, hey, if you don't want to pay those royalties, you don't got to. Yeah, they ain't. They're only enforced at the marketplace level. And these marketplaces are vying for market share, right? We've seen uh, OpenSea consolidate its lead as the NFT marketplace incumbent. And some newer upstarts, they got to mix it up. They got to change it up. If this is in favor to collectors rather than creators, then maybe that is the way that they're going to win a little bit of market share. So it is interesting to see this unfold because royalties have long been thought of as something that was baked into some of these NFTs. But we're seeing here that that's only true at the marketplace level. So, you know, they're not technically enforceable. Maybe there's going to be some social pressure exerted on these marketplaces that are making these decisions, but it just speaks to the way a marketplace works. It's the marketplace marketplace. And each marketplace is going to offer its own unique twist on how they should go about capturing interest in users. And we're going to see people experiment with different features when it comes to unseating some of the big giants already emerging in the NFT marketplace landscape. That's my kind of thought, but yeah, I don't know. I'll kick it to Will. What are you thinking? I dig it. A marketplace for marketplaces. If all these marketplaces are created... It's going to be a marketplace for them, right? So we're going to be have some competition there. I, I would like to say that there's nothing new under the sun. All these NFT marketplaces, they have like the royalty things out there and they're trying to compete at different levels. At the end of the day, it all comes down to the same thing. And that's getting a really cheap price for consumers and like the easiest way getting on the platform and off the platform quickly. That's all people want. I don't want to spend more money. and I don't want to spend a bunch of time on your marketplace. I just want to get my NFT and get off it and get it for cheap. So that's where you're going to see royalty payments go away. And I, I saw in this article, there's some talk about like artists being upset and NFT 
creators being like, well, this is the whole reason we have NFTs is because we we want to create our art and have some sort of kickback every time someone else purchases it. It's like the reality of the world is that's not going to happen, right? After a while, people are going to be done with that. They're not going to want to pay that kickback. They just want a cheap price. So I think all these royalty things are going to go away. Whatever's going to cause markets to be more efficient is going to be the way forward. Jen, back to you. What about the creators, though? This is so sad. We spent a whole year talking about how NFTs were going to empower creators and that they were going to finally be able to make money from their content. And now people just don't want to pay. I want to add, there was some backlash and this marketplace said that it would force buyers to pay royalties on one of one NFTs and is creating a holders only voting system where holders can decide as a group whether to enable or disable royalties. Feels like a little bit of a micro DAO of sorts where all the holders can get together and say, we want to allow royalties or we don't want to allow royalties. Um, Beeple weighed in on this and he said that, you know what? Marketplaces can do whatever they want and creators need to build a collector base that wants to pay royalties. So I, th- I thought that was really interesting. It, all, it comes back to creators fostering a community that wants to support them. I think that's something we saw far before Web3 and it's something that you know, needs to come into Web3. It's not the technology's job to make sure that you get your money. And that is the final word on that one. Noted expert. Get that money. All mm-hmm. right, let's do it. We'll only know the last here. story of the day. <laughs> More money, sports desk time. Let's talk about it. Sports desk. <laughs> I cannot get over that little roar at the end. Okay, crypto.com is rug pulling. Just kidding. They just pulled out of a deal with the Champions League sponsorship deal. A $495 million deal to sponsor the soccer league or the football league, as we should probably say. Uh, They came in after a Russian gas agency was removed from the previous advertisement deal because of the war in Ukraine. Crypto.com jumped in as opportunist, saw a great opportunity to put their information on billboards like we've seen them do in LA and with some other uh, sports leagues here in the US. But because of a few different things, it seems to be around regulatory reasons, they're actually pulling out of this deal. For me, I'd be curious to know more about like the money side of this because a lot of these things are drying up right now. Crypto.com also had some layoffs of its staff. So is that something more to do with this than just the regulatory scope? But at the same time, there's a lot of regulation questions as well. Jen, going to throw it over to you for your take. Zach had his hand up, so I'll let him take it first. Yeah, credit to sportsbusiness.com for getting the scoop on the record. So this is all according to them. But yeah, money's tight in some of these exchanges now. So maybe spending big time on sports marketing partnerships isn't where those dollars should be going. Will, you mentioned some of the cutbacks alleged to have occurred there as well. So that is, I think, important context that uh, that needs to be discussed. But hey, I mean, crypto.com, you got the Staples Center. It's the crypto.com arena. I mean, what more, what more do you want? You got one of the big old US sporting venues already in the bag. So for this to fall through, maybe they just took the hit on whatever fees were associated with pulling out of this deal and contented themselves with just having the Staples Center. But hey, what do I know? Jen, over to you. Yeah, Will, I thought the same thing you did when I first read this story. They had layoffs. They spent something like $700 million on the on the Staples Center. And now, given the current market conditions to back out of this, isn't surprising. But if we look at some of the regulation that's been happening in the UK, especially when it comes to crypto advertising, I think that it was just a good business decision for them to pull out. You know, the UK regulator has really been cracking down 
on crypto firms. I think earlier this year, 50 uh, were put on notice for misleading ads. And the the um, requirements for crypto ads in the UK have to make it clear that digital assets are unregulated in the UK, not urge people to buy Bitcoin or any other crypto or create investment FOMO. And I think if we were to look at those three points, they can be applied broadly to almost any advertisement. And so it, I think it was a clever decision to just back away from this given current market conditions and given the changing regulatory landscape there. Zach, your face says that you do not agree. You're trying to, you're trying to tell me that fortune <laughs> favors the brave is meant to stoke FOMO? Are you suggesting that that is a FOMO pitch? Because I don't know what no. you're talking about. Fortune favors the brave. How could you not get the brave. in? This favors the brave. Matt Are Damon brave? told me. I'm brave yeah. now. Matt Damon told me to be brave. I'm brave, damn it. Let's go. That's what I'm about. Let's be fortunate. Will, kicking it to you. You're a football fan, yeah? No, not at all. Uh, but I will say, I think Jen's reasons make sense, right? You have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. It could be for regulatory concerns. It could also be for marketing. It could also just be because there's a down market and you need whatever excuse to go out there. It doesn't matter because I don't think people care at this point. Everyone knows that the market is down and you don't want to spend as much money on marketing right now. You want to build. It's biddle season. Time to biddle. So put away the marketing for now. Put all your ideas in your little chest drawer. We'll come back in two years with the great ideas and all the big signs and the parties. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. But for now, biddle season. Time to bail. Next next bull run is going to be so crazy. That's like world (laughs) domination mode for crypto next Mm -hmm. time around. It's going to get spicy. All right, we'll wait till then. We'll we'll be here. We'll be holding it down. We'll be keeping keeping y'all warm out here during the crypto winter. It's not that bad, is it? Maybe it is. Who knows? All right, that's it for the show today. Welcome to Coindesk TV. You're watching the hash. That's the end of the show, not the beginning. I'm Zach. That's Will. That's Jen. We'll be back tomorrow. Happy Thursday. Welcome to September. And we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for watching. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. See you. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 